Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of the Steelers Hangover. What are we hungover from? Well, maybe a little bit of everything. We're hungover from the trade deadline. We are hungover from the Steelers losing that game last week to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oof! That's That one packed a wallop. And we are hungover from maybe a break. Maybe we're feeling good and refreshed and ready to go. Hopefully those Pittsburgh Steelers will be as well. And we are going to talk to you today on this show. Why not to abandon the black and gold ship in the second half of 2022? Shannon White, or at least one I've never seen before. Shannon, what's going on? Uh, just beautiful weather here the last few days. So, you know, with no stiller game this weekend, was able to enjoy the, you know, all that pretty weather out. And it's been beautiful today, too. I, I don't think it's going to last much longer, though, but hmm. I'm ready to talk some stiller football. <clears throat> Probably not going to last that much longer, but it still <clears throat> feels pretty good. Tony Defio, what is up, my friend? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And, and hi to you and hi to Shannon. It was a great weekend. I, I filled the void uh, for the Steelers by winning a bowling championship. So, uh, you know, that's, that was exciting. And, and, and I have a hangover from that literally. So <laughs> it was a fun, it was a fun Sunday. <clears throat> so you are the member, your entire team one, or this was individual. Tell us uh, about it, Tony. It, it can never be individual with me. I'm not that good, but my whole team one, we, we, uh, we all came through and, uh, in, in, in one it was my third one in, but in 13 years so uh i wasted a lot of my prime years and uh i should be held accountable but still three three championships in 13 years is pretty good well, tony that's... could star in the remake of kingpin it could be kingpin too starring tony oh gosh 
time to pay the rent, Tony. <laughs> all right. That's you all would... I got to say about that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I just shudder thinking about it. <laughs> let's just say that. And let's talk about the Steelers. Now, I'm going to go back before we talk about anything. Tony, br- not Tony, but Shannon brought something up. And it's really interesting. And it is the weather. I'm going to go back to December 6th, 1998, just because I was there at Three River Stadium to see the Steelers get annihilated by the Patriots, 23 to 9. But I wore shorts, and that was December. And I'm looking at the weather from profootballreference.com, 63 degrees. I know it was close to 70 here in the great state of Maryland. How was it in Pittsburgh, Tony? Oh, it was uh, 75, 80 degrees on Sunday. Uh, it was it was beautiful. I, I keep forgetting it's uh, it's uh, late fall or whatever, and it's or early fall, whatever it is, and it's and it's not uh, uh, spring. I, I, it feels like it's spring. It feels like I, I'm looking forward to the summer, and here we have uh, winter on right on the doorstep. Now I'm not one of those guys where will wear shorts in the winter time because that's just what I do. Like Dave Schofield will wear shorts. I mean, he could be in an Arctic tundra and he will wear <laughs> shorts. That's just what he does. And in fact, very rarely have I seen Dave wear pants, but as far as everything goes, 63 degrees back in 1998, that was just beautiful, mm. just beautiful weather. So that's the kind of weather you experienced. Do you know, the temperatures in West Virginia this weekend, Shannon, uh, anywhere from 75 to 78. Wow. It's sunny, really pretty. That's just absolutely incredible. Um, I'm, I feel like it was a little bit nicer than 63 degrees hmm. when I was uh, at that game in Pittsburgh in, what, 19 days before Christmas hmm. back in 1998. Just some really interesting stuff. Sun is shining on Steeler Nation because, well, the Steelers did not lose. <laughs> and if you listen to my show today, my show today, Bad Language, I talked about how the Steelers are at a fork in the road and which one do they take? Where do they go? There's so many things. And if there's one guy, and I called him the E.F. Hutton of BTSC, and let me ask you guys, if there's anybody on BTSC when he talks where you pay attention to and you listen, who would that be? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw... I'm going to throw somebody out there. I have a specific person in mind. In fact, I'm going to ask Shannon first, because I bet you he has the right answer. Who do you think I'm talking about when I say the EF Hutton of the Pittsburgh Steelers, that when he says something, you take heed because you feel like he pretty much knows it. Oh, of course I have respect for all my colleagues, but yes, I uh, do too. But you know, coach would have to be, would have to be the the guy if i have a specific question i would use the go to kt yes you know what and i know a lot of us feel that way including jeff and dave they go to kt smith as well and i have the honor to be on a show with him for 30 to 40 minutes every basically every friday but we recorded mostly on thursday nights uh tony would you agree with with the expertise of coach smith Absolutely. He knows his stuff. He, when he, when he uh, illustrates things, it really uh, helps me learn uh, football and, and, and get a little better in that department. <laughs> so I, I talked to him on the show the other day 
Will you listen to it or not does not matter. We're going to try to do that same exercise here where I took the remaining nine games from the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule. And I asked them, I asked Kevin with everything that's going on for the Pittsburgh Steelers, what he can see happening in those games. So making predictions for the final nine games. And we're going to go ahead and do that here. So we are going to go ahead and look at the fact that why are some reasons not to abandon the black and gold ship? Well, you're going to see some players make their return or make their debut. And who is in full participation today, Shannon? Well, TJ Watt was back. Yeah, absolutely. And Tony, who was on, who has been placed on the 53 man roster making his, getting ready to make his Steeler debut? You talking about the recent acquisition, or are you talking about DeMonte KZ? Because I'm excited I'm about both. About, I'm talking about DeMonte KZ, but go ahead with the other one, yeah. too. Well, no, I'm really excited about KZ because people were talking about the possibilities that he could, uh, that, you know, the defense could could uh, really have a lot of uh, interesting looks with him in there, but with three safety looks, and then he, he had that injury in the last preseason game. So I'm really excited to see what, what he can do because I know he could play deep safety, and that might – free making Fitzpatrick up for uh to be Micah Fitzpatrick and of course William Jackson the third I'm intrigued by him simply because of the, the history between him and Pittsburgh dating back to 2016 that draft so uh you know he supposedly can, is better at man than he is at, at, at uh zone so we'll see if he if he fits in better here than he did in Washington and Washington's coach Ron Rivera came out and said you know that he is a pure man-to-man guy and that just did not fit the commander scheme shannon what's that make you feel well a lot of this uh i've covered in my article that posted today about glimmers of hope for the second half of the season it's going to be a two-part series <laughs> uh today was the first uh article and it was on the defense and you know they've talked all along about doing those three safety sets because you know, Edmonds can play like a hybrid linebacker near the line. And then Kazee can play in the slot, and he has experience there. He can play the uh, middle, and he can play deep safety. And then, of course, Fitzpatrick is the ball hawk. So, you know, hopefully that'll be less of Robert Spillane, you know, on, hmm. in coverage in the middle of the field and more Kazee. I think that's, that's the hope we all have for the second half. Well, that's – those are definitely three players to get really excited about to have. I mean, now we might, he did not practice today being William Jackson, the third, but just the idea of those three players in there makes you feel like there is a glimmer of hope that that fork in the road that the Steelers are at might be going in a winning direction. Now, before I get on to our prediction here, I made a promise on my show, bad language today. And obviously, you guys did not listen to that show because I said that I was going to yell at both of you. And I'm going to go ahead and scold you guys. Even though you're, I, I feel like I'm older brother to you guys, I feel like that. And I love you like brothers, but I've got a bone to pick with you guys. It's just, And everybody's entitled to their opinion, and we know that. But I got to ask you guys, how... In the blue heck, 
can you give the acquisition of William Jackson III a C? That's why I'm at, because you, you guys, in our, we didn't have the opportunity to go ahead and put out, put out scores this week because there's no game. So Jeff pulled a swerve and it was a great replacement. We had a grade the acquisition of William Jackson III and the departure of Chase Claypool. And I gave them both A's. We're not going to talk about the, the Claypool thing because, you know, it's the, the trade works and makes sense. Even Jeffrey Benedict, who is like me, will miss the heck out of Chase Claypool. Um, he even gave it a B. So I, I understand that. But the reason I'm going to scold you a little bit is, guys, Yes, the man is 30 years old. I get that. But there's no lose. Where do you lose here? Where do you lose it all here? I'm going to start with Tony. I mean, it's just that the fact that his resume hasn't been that impressive up until now. That's, that's, it's really based on, on his performance up until now, not necessarily, you know, salary cap ramifications or the fact that they can, they can uh, get rid of him after this year if they have to. It's just the enthusiasm for it because it, you know, it kind of feels like, like, like they, uh, they're picking, you know, cause you, you've seen at this point, he's basically just a, a name from the past. That's intriguing because he was a, uh, a, a former first round pick. That's really what it was. It, it's not that I don't think, you know, they, they don't have much to lose with bringing him in here. You know, they didn't risk much. It's just, you know, he hasn't done much up until this point. So it's not something I'm, extremely excited about but we'll see shannon go ahead i give it a c basically as an incomplete if he comes in and the Steelers will actually allow him to do what he does best which is play press man coverage the last time the Steelers had two cornerbacks that could do that was when they had hayden and steven nelson and they pressed a good bit and that allowed their pass rush to create havoc because there wasn't somebody open immediately, you know, uh, there's so many drop-offs right now and guys that, you know, they can get that ball out quick to because they play all five yards. But during that season, they had Hayden and, and Nelson pressing a lot. And they, that was some of the best pass defense we've seen in the last five or six years. So if he comes in and they at least allow him on his side, on his man to do some press, uh, I think it could work out, especially if the pass rush comes back with TJ, you know, and it becomes effective like it always has been when he's in there. Then that would be a real benefit, especially with the three safety package. Um, I think a little bit of it was Mike Tomlin always wanted him. He was going to take him if the Bengals hadn't have took him uh, one pick ahead of the Steelers. And I think it was like he finally got he's the guy. That was somebody he'd always wanted to have. And with Terrell Austin, you know, being familiar with him and having coached him before, you know, they realized it was a low-risk move. Uh, but he is dealing with some back issues. Uh, probably wasn't real happy with the Redskins because they obviously wasn't using him the way he could be effective and the way he wanted to be used. So hopefully coming to Pittsburgh will revitalize his career. But I just give it a C because it's more of an incomplete grade until we see what happens. I get that. And the reason I give it an A is this, and I'm looking at some great comments here. I've got Myrna Jane and Burt, Ron Schultz, Felicia Billard, 
I've got Brian Brown, Brian Harrington. Um, did I mention Ron Schultz, Jennifer Prusser, um, Brian Harrington, Jared Devil? So I am I'm getting some great comments here. And what I love about it is the fact that, yeah, there are concerns about his back. There's concerns that he's 30. Um, even it was said, I believe Jennifer said, you know, he looked lost in some of the video out there. But now a lot of you are saying, oh, wait a second, but there's no downside because you don't lose anything. And that's what you guys are saying. And you're saying, well, hey, if it works out, it's going to be awesome. That's exactly the point that I am trying to say. Tyler W. says Jackson 3 has a lot to prove and a lot to lose. This is a guy fighting for his career. But by bringing a man-to-man -man guy on a team that likes to play man, on a team that a lot of people complain about Joe Hayden was too old when they brought him in and a problem and, and they shouldn't have brought him in. But the reason I gave him an A is because I'm not concerned about what happens as much as a lot of people. I'm concerned with the fact that as a move, an Omar Khan and the continuing saga of Omar Khan making moves that make you go, yeah, that's a good move. This is a great move to me. This is an A move. And it's the reason because if he stinks, you gave it a shot. If you get something out of him, it's good. It's If you get something, it might be better than Akello Witherspoon. And he's brought in because apparently they're not believing in Akello Witherspoon right now. So he's brought in with a chance to improve that. If he improves that situation and they look better, money doesn't matter. It's the money this year, the, the three million or so that's already spent. Doesn't matter. I mean, your salary cap this year, you're not doing anything with the salary cap, anyways. You lose some money, even not a lot, but you you get some relief by trading Chase Claypool. Not a lot. You're still doling out more, but you know that money doesn't matter. And then the salary cap next year, if you have to pay this man 13 million dollars next year, which is what he's due. And what he has earned over the years. But if you have to pay him, if I tell you right now, Shannon, Tony, the Steelers have to pay William Jackson the third in 2023 $13 million, what are you gonna say? You're gonna say Yahoo. You know why? Because he came in and did something good. This is his audition. Because you could let him go and lose nothing. The compens the draft compensation, I mean the compensation, a seventh round pick, you're you're getting back with him in 2025, and a sixth round pick you're losing in 2025. Uh, conditional pick, eh, who cares? They kicked the can down the road all the all the time. No one cares about that pick in 2025. You're not even going to worry about it in 2025 either. But if you're if you have to dole out that money to him next year. That means he did his job and played well. So I'd be excited. Shannon? Um, yeah, that would be great if, if that happens. I don't. I think that the best case scenario is that he comes in, they do use him correctly, he proves to be a really good fit for the defense, the culture, you know, with Tomlin and the coaching staff, and then they have a chance to – you know, maybe restructure his contract at the end of the year. Um, I, 
I do not see him based on his level of play to this point in his career that he'll make 13 million with the Steelers next year. But I don't a yeah, a restructure is is quite possible if he's you know has success. And I mean, it's quite a different culture in Pittsburgh than it is in Cincinnati or in Washington. So he might really, you know, kind of like Terrell Edmonds or one of them guys take a little less money to to play for the Steelers and, you know, more of a reasonable contract at his age and productivity. So, yeah, but hopefully it'll work out. If he's if he's on this team next year, this is definitely an A trade. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not going to keep him. I mean, if he stinks. And no. if he stinks, you're like, hey, at least we tried. Hey, well, Tony, just, just like asking somebody out. You don't right. ask, you don't get. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? I, have, I have a lot of experience with that uh, asking point anyway. <laughs> what if but William yeah. Jackson III's the one, Tony? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's, I mean, he, that's the thing, though. That's that's the, the cautionary uh, tale, I guess, is because look at Killer Witherspoon last year. He really came on at the end of the year, so they, they signed him a new deal. Now he looks totally lost. So they're going to have to be really sure about him uh, going into next year. Because I mean, they weren't even willing to pay Stephen Nelson what eight million two years ago, and they, they moved up from Joe Hayden, who probably wanted a little bit too much. And I thought those guys were still playing better than what we have right now. What they, what you see right now with the with the secondary, so they're going to have to be sure. Now I realize they had, they had salary cap problems going into twenty twenty one, so that had a lot to do with with uh, moving on from Nelson. But the point is, you know, it, it's still going to be a lot of money to pay him. Uh, even even though they have more salary cap room, so they're going to have to be sure. And you know, you brought up something really good there and really interesting. And I don't know the answer. I know he was with the Eagles at one point. Where's Stephen Nelson now? I don't know. Uh, he's with the Houston Texans. Is he doing anything? Is he playing? He starts for him. He starts. Okay. Yeah. Well, right now Houston's the the. Uh, team where dreams go to die right now um but hopefully they play better but those red helmets are sweet i'll say that they look nice yes but you know with the texans i don't think he's a, a big factor right now i mean he might be starting but that team has one win and they've got the tie did you the watch the game uh, thursday night against the eagles i watched some i watched the they they played way better than the Steelers. They they had way more energy, more effort. They're uh, they got a top running back in Pierre uh, Pierce, the rookie. I just Delvin, traded for him too. Yeah, their <laughs> offensive line. Uh, they've got money invested in it. Something the Steelers don't have. They've got some experience and some youth. They look really good. Uh, you know they have uh, their secondary. You know Nelson's the older guy on that secondary. They got a lot of young guys at corner and safety. And you can see they have a lot of talent. If both teams are rebuilding, the Steelers and the the Texans, but uh, the Texans are, are seems to me to be like a year ahead uh, in their rebuilding because of what happened with Watson and everything. And you could really see the difference. But that it was something how much money and experience that the Texans had in that line, and how that they was able to run the ball very effectively against the Eagles. And they held up a lot better in pass protection than the Steelers. But, of course, Steelers have the, you know, the least expensive offensive line in the league, and I think it's showing up. Absolutely. Speaking of fantasy football, I did trade for him. in. I'm in a 14-man league, and it's a keeper league. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm not doing well right now. I decided to go ahead and uh, I, I feel like the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm dumping for the future. <laughs> and so I, I just picked up Pierce. And it was uh, it on paper. It looked like, why would you be trading Patrick Mahomes for, well, I can't keep Patrick Mahomes next year because he, um, I can't keep him because he's a number one pick. So I got him. I got Garrett Wilson from the Jets and I got somebody else and I got a really good deal. And so I have guys that I can, I can keep for five or six years. Like I've had Camara on that team for like six years <laughs> because I drafted him very, very uh, low and I was able to keep him for a while. But with fantasy football, Shannon, I've been sending you a trade request for a long time. You've been blowing me off. What's up? And they're good deals. I'm a generous GM. I, I do remember one offer, but uh, it was a uh, blockbuster. You came out ahead. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't do, a, I'm not a swashbuckler, I guess. I don't do a lot of willing and dealing uh, during the fantasy season. I don't put enough time in it to research and see how it come out. So. All right. Well, I'm going to send you another one and then I'm going to just, I even called you and you didn't even call me back. I'm like, Shannon always called me back. I, he just doesn't want to deal with me in fantasy football. Tony, we'll get you in a league next year. We'll have some fun. We'll, we'll do a hangover league, but we'll have wow. like very bizarre roles. How about that? Well, you're guaranteed not finishing in last place then. So that's uh, that'd be a good reason to bring me on. <laughs> absolutely hey let's take a break and we're going to do those predictions when we come back here on the hangover the bye week edition and reasons not to abandon that black and gold ship you stick around The magical sounds of the Jerry Cherry Band, uh, JCB, who's usually in the live chat a little bit later on all these shows. Uh, you know, great guy, great musician. You know, check those out wherever you download. I, I think I got mine on, I got my stuff on Apple Music, and he's really good. He's the the tunes are so awesome. Um, check him out, and that's just uh, one of the many. If you listen to any of these songs, they're all Jerry Cherry exclusively here on btsc so let's get into it guys we have got nine games left in this season some people are thinking hey i want that that high draft pick some people are thinking screw the draft pick let's just get momentum but let me ask you this question first with that momentum comes something even better and it's faith in in Kenny Pickett. So I'll start with you, Tony. How important? How many wins do you think Kenny Pickett needs in the final nine for everybody to feel? Here we go. It's looking good. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I I agree with Shannon that his development is the most important thing over the last nine games. But if they don't win a lot of games, we're probably going to be questioning his development. So I'd say with nine games left, if they can finish four and five, that might 
keep the faith as far as as uh, what we think of Kenny Pickett because they went four four out of the last nine games or five out of the last nine games, something like that. That tells me that maybe he uh, will have improved as the season goes along. And, that, and to me, again, that's the most important thing is is his development. Shannon White, what do you think? How many wins does Kenny Pickett need to continue to be the guy? Or we have a lot of people in the live chat over the offseason saying, go ahead and pick a quarterback. Again, I, I don't think it's as much wins as it is improvement, sustainable and, you know, consistent improvement to where I keep going back to the one, uh, one out of 12 on third downs against the Eagles. I mean, you just, that's, they are the most, they're negative 77 at point differential. Uh, they're at, they're losing by almost 10 points a game, nine points, something a game. I average, uh, they're just the worst offense in the NFL at the moment. Uh, uh, up to this point, of course they, they, you know, they didn't play last week, but, um, I think, you, you know, they need to focus little and build upon small successes, like improving this third down, you know, having more creativity and more, uh, effective first down, second down, get in more manageable third downs, stay on the field, you know, worry about stuff of that nature, developing a running game. Um, all that will help Kenny. Um, because, you know, it appears he has the intangibles. Um, I, I feel like he does. Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, you don't know if a guy's going to be elite till they get there and they prove it under the, the lights and the big pressure pack moments, but, he seems cool under pressure, and uh, I'm, that's what I'm looking for starting out here is, is can he build on what he's already done so far? I mean, because we really didn't learn a lot in those that murderer's row of games <laughs> that he went through against those defenses. The, t- the stores were outclassed on both sides of the ball in all them games pretty much. And, um, you know, they had, some, they had chances against Miami, but um, – I still think that we'll get hopefully get more of a true measurement of what he can do in the second half of the season. Something they need to know before they go into the draft. What's your gut saying right now? Quarterback for 2023, even though I don't want to talk too much about 2023, but do you think Kenny could lose that position in the next nine games, Tony? I do not. In fact, I was going to uh, try to butt in there. Uh, people people uh, are saying, you know, you got to draft the quarterback now. That's what they were saying when I was following Twitter during the Eagles game, which is probably always a bad idea. But they were saying <laughs> it's time. It's time. That I think they made a mistake with Kenny Pickett. But, but if you look at, at Jalen Hurts is a great example of somebody that w- was struggling for a couple of years. And now look now look at that team. Uh, Justin Fields looks like he's starting to put it together. Uh, Josh Allen is, of course, a great example of someone who struggled early on and now might be the best quarterback going. So, you know, uh, I think there's a 100% chance that he's the quarterback next year. I think you have to stick with him. You have to, like I've been saying, you have to give, you have to draft the guy, put him in there as soon as, uh, you know, by the end of the first season, it, it, it turns out by the end of the fourth game. And then you, you, you see, you let him develop for two or three years and then you make a decision. Shannon White, I'm going to ask you the same question, but I'm going to ask you this. 
Do you think that was Omar Khan's choice? Can he pick it? I don't know. Um, honestly, uh, I think they were, as a franchise, they were bound and determined they were going to take a quarterback. Because, as we know, a quarterback on his rookie deal, you have five years uh, in a favorable financial situation with the salary cap to really load up and, and take a run at, at rebuilding your roster. I don't know if the Steelers realized that they had so much rebuilding to do. I think they thought they were closer than they actually are. Therefore, if they do get these high picks, you know, if the Steelers struggle in the second half and they end up with a top 10 pick, um, I think you've got to take best player because they have so many holes and you only get so many opportunities to get a generational talent. Uh, the more picks you can have in the top 100, the better odds you're going to find that level of talent. The teams that rebuild the quickest have multiple picks in the early rounds and they use, utilize that successfully. The Steelers need a stud on the offensive line. They need a stud young defensive lineman. They could use an edge. They could use a number one cornerback. So there is, you know, there's a lot there that they could utilize that pick because they don't want to be picking that early again. But the bottom line, they've got to build the foundation of the offense offense and the defense, which is the lines. If they rebuild that, you know, success is going to come. I mean, Jalen Hurts did not look good as a rookie. And he people's wondering, you know, would the Eagles pick a quarterback this year? I mean, a lot of people thought they were going to. Kenny Pickett was a, somebody they mentioned a lot because he's from Philly, and people thought that the Eagles might take him. Well, now look, the Eagles, you know, look like uh, the best team in the NFC. Hmm. So – you know, again, but if you, the Eagles' offensive and defensive line is their foundation, and that's why they're so good. And the Steelers, regardless of what happens, they need to focus on them two positions. You know what? I like what you said about Jalen Hurts. I'm also going to go a little bit further. If you watched the game last night, Tennessee and Kansas City, mm-hmm. wow. Hmm. That was bad quarterback play <laughs> from a guy, but from a guy who the, I guess I believe that's only his second game. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't say that Malik Willis is going to fail. I'm just saying right now, I feel a little more confident of having Kenny Pickett than Malik Willis. He couldn't get anything done yesterday. And I don't think the Chiefs are juggernauts, but the Chiefs are silently good in a lot of places on defense. So all I'm going to say here is I'm going to give Kenny Pickett so much more time and I'm going to give Malik Willis more time, but yesterday, wow, that was, that was rough. I, there was at least with Kenny Pickett right now, you feel like there's a chance because the passing game was not there in Tennessee. Any thoughts on, on that guys? I just, I think it's, you know, it's, it's just the same, same thing um, you see with a lot of young quarterbacks. I mean, sometimes when they, when they start out, it looks really, really bad. But the one thing I'll say, though, is, is one thing that's, that's maybe different from what Kenny Pickett is going through is the, ten, the Titans are a pretty good team. They have a good system in there. They have a, a well-rounded roster. So, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't be relying on, on, on him as much as, uh, you know, they are Derrick Henry and, and some other uh, pieces of that offense. So I don't know what, uh, what that means for them that they struggle so much um, 
on offense and, and they didn't rely on other things. Cause you know, the Steelers can't <laughs> rely on the running game right now. So uh, the, 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 the Titans, um, I don't know. I don't know what that was, that, but that was ugly. You are right. <laughs> so guys, I talked about Kevin Smith being our EF Hutton and I didn't explain why, because Kevin Smith feels like the Steelers could possibly win six out of their ne next nine games in the exercise that we did. So we're going to go ahead and do that exercise as well. I'm going to start with the New Orleans game, and I'm just going to throw in the fact Michael Thomas is gone. They're playing with Andy Dalton at quarterback, and that is a team that is not spectacular, and they're not at home where they're a lot tougher. So with that being said, New Orleans, Shannon White. Well, I've had to <laughs> – I made a pick – we kind of did this in my last two podcasts. Uh, when I was know your enemy, me and GB went through some of the picks, and uh, I had them losing to the Saints. Okay, and then uh, I was on with touchdown under with Maddie P, and uh, I picked them to beat the Saints. So I had them with five wins, and then Friday I had them with six wins, and I couldn't figure out where I you know. But that's the game because. Part of me is expecting the Steelers to come out and it looked like the same Steelers against the Saints. The Saints shut out the Raiders. Now, we don't know what the Saints are going to look like later on tonight against the Ravens, but they shut out the Raiders, beat them 24 to nothing. And they shut down Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. Uh, they have a good defense. And the Steelers... If they don't, like we said, go back to the fundamentals, go back to the basics, build slowly and, and try to, you know, start doing things they can do and do consistently. I'm afraid they're going to come out and lose the game coming out of the bye uh, if they don't change, because it seems like they've been very resistant to change this year. Tony, what are your thoughts? Well, coming off a of bye, I, I anticipate them, them, tweaking the offense they have to tweak the offense if they don't tweak the offense they're, they're crazy so I, I i anticipate maybe them throwing some wrinkles at the saints and you got tj watt coming back and kazee possibly and and uh jackson hopefully with, with the back injury so i i expect a better defensive performance uh and the Saints to be coming off a short week playing on monday night football so i'm going to go ahead and, and 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 plus they do pretty well against nfc teams at home especially at one at one o'clock game so i'm going to Go ahead and say they're going to win a close game. I'm actually thinking that this is the fork in the road, that this is going to tell you a lot about the Pittsburgh uh -huh. Steelers uh -huh. with this one game. And I know I've, I've said that a few times this year. If they stink this game up, then I'm not going to give them much notice the rest of the year. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to turn on them. I'm not going away. No, but right. I'm thinking this is this is what's going to tell us. If they win this game, then they're in it to win it. Like Jermaine could drink about 16 Heineken, not born again. <laughs> but if I was, I'd ask to come back with a little more love. Kid Rock. Tony, go ahead. You had your hand up. <laughs> oh, well, I just I, I use this information. Uh, the last thing, when they started off 2-6 and six in, in 06, after the Super Bowl, they got their uh, act together against the Saints at, uh, at then Heinz Field. So maybe... Uh, that's an omen that uh, you know they can start turning things around. Yeah, you know, Willie Parker rushed for 200 yards. It was a great day. He 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 killed my fantasy team that day, but it was still worth it. So it didn't it didn't matter though, did it? 
Were you at that game? No. I was. I thought you were too. Mm-mm. I was. I thought we discussed that game. I was actually at that game, and the whole time I'm thinking, "Wow, this is this is awesome because they were, uh, you know, you knew Willie Parker was going to come close to breaking the record, and he didn't. But he did it later on that season, which I was in attendance as well. But that was just a fun game because Breeze. That was the year that they went to the. NFC championship game too. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that with those saints losing to the bears, they could have been a super bowl team that year. So let's go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put it down as a win. But then again, I I'm wrong all the time, but let's go to Cincinnati. It's not in Cincinnati. It's in Pittsburgh. Who's missing. Jamar chase is most likely going to be missing in that game. A woozy's out for the year. I hope I pronounced his name right. So let's go ahead. I'm going to start with Tony on this one. This one's puzzling because uh, a lot of times the, the Bengals look like they're they're back to their uh, 2021 form. But then again, the other night they got shellacked by the uh, Browns. So uh, without Jamar Chase playing at home, I'm going to say that they might pull this one out too. Shannon. Until they lost to the Browns, the Bengals had not given up any touchdowns in the second half all year. And I think their defense, you know, they did lose their starting cornerback, but they seem like they're better equipped to handle that. Uh, their inside linebackers is very tough. And they, they've got to, I just think they got enough defense that the Steelers are going to really struggle. And I think the Bengals are going to win that one. Now, Ron Schultz says Mixon won't get five TDs every week. He's absolutely correct on that one. And he said something else earlier that I want to bring up as well. If the schematics of the offensive play calling doesn't change, New Orleans will smoke us like a cheap cigar, which, you know, I think if the schematics don't change, and Tony talked about the fact that they'd be crazy not to change it, and Shannon agreed with that. So that's very true. You've got, you have got to look at the fact that things have to change with the Steelers. But I'm going to go ahead and say this is a loss. And the reason I'm going to say it's a loss is you're going to hear me say this later on. I do not feel like the Steelers are going to get swept by one team. I don't see the Bengals being swept in the season by the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are good enough to sweep the Bengals. I mean, I feel that they're going to win some games, but this is one that I don't think they're going to win. The next one we have, it's in Indianapolis. It's in prime time. And you cannot move this game. This game, We're stuck because you can't flex Monday night until next year. As you know, Indianapolis just got rid of Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a genius offensive mind. Earlier, people were asking about the fact if Frank Reich would be a good coordinator for the Steelers. Absolutely. He'd be a good coordinator for the Steelers. I, he might be a head coach somewhere else. He might want to go somewhere else. Steelers don't have an opening at coordinator though. So with that being said, I'm not going to discuss next year with that. I'm just going to say, Hey, that'd be awesome. If that happens, just like when Flores got fired, I was like, 
he's going to be a head coach somewhere. He's not going to don't expect him to come to the Steelers. And I was wrong. So <laughs> there's, there's so many different things to look at, but let's look at Indianapolis. If the Steelers fix what they need to fix, then this is a winnable game. They should beat Indy if they fix everything. So I'm going to make it a win. Tony? Yeah, it feels like, you know, if, if they go in into that game with uh, on, with some momentum and they have a new quarterback now, um, the the culture in shambles, and you know they have Jeff Saturday as interim coach now. So, uh, no experience. Yeah, it's crazy. At any it's level, crazy. It's I don't crazy. think even high school. Yeah, and 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 uh, that might be a game that you see a lot of Steeler fans in attendance. So I, I could see them winning that game. Shannon. I've said in, on both shows that I think they win this one uh, because I think the Colts did what they had to do because based on everything you're hearing, that was just a toxic environment. Uh, it's one thing when you're not having success on the field, but when players don't want to show up uh, at the facilities each day and, and it, you know, you're doing more damage keeping a coach if that's the case. Uh I think the Steelers should have thought of that with Matt Canada, but they didn't. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they can, it'll work out for the Steelers. But yeah, I think that they will win that game because they got what? And as long as he's still healthy, I think they can beat the Colts. All right. So you guys have them. So Tony, you have them three and O so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't anticipate uh, this exercise leading to them being five and six. <laughs> so Shannon, you have them a two and one, right? And I have uh, them a two and one. I had them losing to the Saints and the Bengals and beating the Colts. So okay, so you have them at one and two. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and look at a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a really interesting one here. I'm going to go first on this one too. And I'm going to say that this is why I said this earlier about the Bengals. I don't see the Ravens sweeping the Steelers. I don't see the Steelers sweeping the Ravens. I can see this being one and one, but I'm not going to give them this game. Not yet. The Steelers are not good enough yet to be three and one in the next four games. So I'm just going to say I'm, I'm putting them a two and two here. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and say loss. I feel better with it being at home, but we saw in recent years, they have no problem winning in Baltimore. Baltimore has no problem winning in Pittsburgh either. Shannon, go ahead. Uh, I think they'll win this one at, at home with home field advantage. Uh, I think the offense will start, you know, at least being a little bit more consistent. Uh and I think that with White back and the three safety package and Jackson, I think that they'll give because uh, because he plays like uh, he's a very physical safety, you know, as a slot corner. So he'll match up good with the Ravens. So I think the Steelers win the home game against the Ravens. I definitely, before I go to Tony, I want to see the stamp of Brian Flores on this game because he has always done well against Lamar Jackson. Uh -huh. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. He does. Uh, Flores uh, is, is really good against 
Jackson. So are the Steelers uh, in general. Their defense has really fared well against him over the years. So I, I can see this being a low-scoring game. But I, it just feels like a loss to me. I don't know why. Like you said, they, they, the Ravens have a pretty good history of winning at, high, at Acrisure Stadium, and Pittsburgh uh, knows how to win over in Baltimore. So I see this being a low-scoring game that comes down to Justin Tucker, unfortunately, and it breaks the momentum that I have them on right now. So five and seven. Yeah, I'm definitely, if the Steelers are underdogs, I'm looking at that because this game, if over under of over under is four points, you might want to even take the under. It's it's going to be very tight. Let's go ahead and actually I screwed I, I might have screwed up here. No, no, I didn't. The next game is week 14, week 13. I think I I did screw up because week 13 was actually supposed to be Atlanta. And week 14, I'm doing this on the top of my head here. So um, we'll flip that, but that's another road game in Atlanta. Atlanta is a first place team, but look at the division Atlanta's in. Mm-hmm. Tony, Atlanta. Okay, Tony's muted, so let's go to Shannon first. I think that they um, beat Atlanta in Atlanta. Um, the things that Atlanta does well, the Steelers should be able to handle. And they don't have the the receiver uh, talent to really exploit the Steelers where they've been struggling. And um, so I'm going to say the Steelers win that one. Tony. I think that the, the Falcons uh, are – they look a lot better than, than, than I thought they would this year. Um, I don't know if they have the – like Shannon said, the firepower to, to, to exploit Pittsburgh's defense, but – uh, this, this, I, I think Pittsburgh's going to lose this game. It's going to be again if everybody's going to expect them to win. Beings that you know, they're in my scenario that they're they're on a bit of a roll and they're going to probably uh, walk away with a disappointing loss. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Steelers go ahead and lose this game as well. That uh, does not mean that I don't believe in them. I really actually had them winning this game. Uh, this is this is actually a pretty good matchup, if you ask me, for the Steelers. But I want to be realistic here, so I'm going to say that the Steelers are two and three at this point. Now we have another NFC opponent. It's the Carolina Panthers. I think the Carolina Panthers want that number one pick really bad, and I they're not tanking, but I think the organization is doing everything they can by trading everybody with a name away. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's going to be a win in Carolina. They've only lost once to the Carolina Panthers. And that was the very first game in 1996 Mm -hmm. that they played. So they have won every other game. I'm going to say that that continues. Tony. Blowout. Their, Their first blowout in a long time. Uh, Carol, as you said, Carolina is uh, tanking, uh, and uh, I see an, another scenario where Steeler Nation uh, uh, invades that stadium and, and, and takes over. So it, it's going to be their first impressive win of the year. I guarantee you. I bet you Jeremy Betts is there. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. He's a Carolina kid. Shannon White. Well, the Steelers will win that game uh, because they're going to have a secret weapon. Because me and my family is going to be there. Woo! You're going to that game too. That's yes. awesome. Yes. And uh, I've been to five Steeler games and they've never lost. So you can put that in as a win. 
Yeah, but Coach Smith was seven and zero before the Philadelphia game, and he went. <laughs> I'm just. I'm not trying to. I am not trying to uh, say that the White family mojo is not going to uh, come through here, but <laughs> I, I just want to warn you with that. So sorry about that. All right. So Tony, you've already picked, right? I have. Okay. So. Like I said, that's a win. So for me, it looks like three and three. Now, let's get interesting here. Christmas Eve. The Raiders. A day after the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Franco Harris getting his number retired. The Raiders are not good right now. And I do not understand it. It tells me that McDaniels is not very good at all (laughs) as a head coach. He is indeed an offensive coordinator. He's one of those guys like the North Turners, the great coordinators, the, uh, the Wade Phillipses defensive coordinator. You know, you have those ones that are just good at being a coordinator. And I just think that uh, that's what we're seeing in Vegas because there's no reason that that team should be bad. I'm going to say win on Christmas Eve. Shannon White. I just think that you're going to have all the legends there. Uh, It's going to be a huge game for both franchises, but me and in Pittsburgh, um, I I think the stores will win that game. Tony. They just have their number. The Raiders have their number. Uh, Derek Carr seems to do really well against them. As you said, they might be the best bad team in the NFL. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, they have him now. So I have to say, this all every time they have a year like this, they lose to the Raiders at home. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think this is going to be a loss, unfortunately. They're going to the immaculate reception. They're going to they're gonna get their revenge. Shannon, let me ask you a question real quick. Do you remember anything about 2003, the last losing season? They played the Raiders at home in December and beat them 21 to 20. This was the year after the Raiders were in the Super Bowl. So I hear what Tony's saying, but I'm saying, uh uh-uh, you're not losing the Immaculate Reception game. Oh, and by the way, oh, sorry. Go ahead. By the way, under my scenario, this clinches Mike Tomlin's first losing season. So, oh, okay. All right. (laughs) I, I see. I smell what you're cooking there. Yeah. Steeler Lee gives us 199. Thank you so much for the tip jar. I live in North Carolina. It's a Steeler state. Yeah. I think it's been a Steeler state for a long time. And just because, you know, you get 25 years of the Panthers doesn't mean that, uh, you know, some people do not go away from that. They don't, and ESPN apparently agrees with me on that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and go to week 17. And I believe that is a road game with Baltimore. In Baltimore, gentlemen, where are you going with it? Want me to go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to have too much at stake at this point in Pittsburgh season. In my Under my scenario, it's going to be over. Uh, I think they're gonna. It's, it's gonna be a close game as it usually is, but I think the Ravens are gonna have, are gonna pull this out because they're they're gonna probably be playing for the division at that point. Shannon, I think this is gonna look a lot like the 2019 season. The Steelers are gonna, in my scenario, 
still have an outside shot. And then the end of the season is not going to be good. Uh, I think the Ravens, Ravens are going to beat them pretty bad in Baltimore. Uh, and because they're playing for playoffs and the Steelers are just playing to uh, hurt their draft position. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will let me let's go back to 2015. The Steelers were a very good team. They went to they should have been in the AFC championship game. They got screwed in that Denver game. I will tell you that they got everybody hurt um, before that game. And the uh, <laughs> Peyton Manning was down. Nobody wants to talk about that, but I keep on saying Peyton Manning oh, was down. He slid. Yeah, he was down. Um, so all I'm going to say is the Ravens. I went to that game after Christmas. Ravens had like five wins, four wins. That was their fifth win. Ryan Mallett was the quarterback, and they beat a very good Pittsburgh Steelers team. I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to get swept. So I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and say that they win that game. Tony, you already said you gave them the loss. Shannon gave them the loss. Do you mm-hmm. know your record right now going on the last game? I'm six and ten. You're six and ten going in the last game. So Shannon, I'm what's seven your record? And nine. You're seven and nine. Uh-huh. And me, oh gosh, I don't even know what I said anymore. I, <laughs> I didn't keep good track. But I think for some reason, I think I have them at four and four. So I'm gonna go with four and four right now. And I'm just gonna say Cleveland Browns, five and four. Browns suck. Yeah. They're not doing anything to get better. I don't care if Deshaun's there or not. Five and four. So I'm putting the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven and 10 for the year. And I think that's a victory. Go ahead with your pick, Shannon. Uh, The Browns will be still competitive. I think the Browns found, found their formula for winning last game against the Bengals. They've got a great offensive line. They got Chubbs. They kept Hunt. They didn't trade him. Uh, if they could stay out of their own way and just let Watson try to run the same offense that Brichette did, I think they're going to have a good second half of the season. Uh, I think the Browns beat the Steelers, and the Steelers go 7-10 on the year. Tony. Uh, based on what I saw in Cleveland with Brissette, uh, they're gonna it's going to be tough to stop that offense for them, even with T.J. Watt back. Uh, so I, I, unfortunately, I think the, the Browns, uh, are, are slightly better than them right now. Uh, there's hope that they'll fall apart between now and then, but I, I think it's going to be a loss. So you're saying what? Uh, six and 11, six and 11, which makes a lot of sense. I can see six and 11 happening. I'm thinking at best, the Steelers really are at seven and 10 at best. They could be my gosh, this team has the has the ability just if they win out to be 11 and six, but that's not happening. And we know that's not happening, but I know Brian Brown who makes them 17 and zero every year. And I love Brian for that. He's <laughs> he and Jeff Hartman must be brothers. So I'll just <laughs> go ahead and say that I don't see them in 11 and six. Look, I don't see them having a winning season. I don't think a winning season I'm adopting Shannon white from a few weeks back. And I'm saying a winning season does not matter because that's that's mm-hmm. just a Mike Tomlin number. Mm-hmm. That's I don't think that number is going to get Tomlin fired having a losing season. I, I don't think no. it is. 
No. But what I do think is that if you get to six wins, you get to even seven wins, then you know what happens? Yeah. Then then it's an upside going in the next year. Right. Just like the Pittsburgh Steelers, after that horrible 88 year, 89 was good. They went they went to the uh the playoffs and went deep into the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. When you go when you look at uh the last losing season, they won two out of their last four. And they actually won four out of their last eight. Brian Harrington says he goes ahead and gives us some money in the uh, super chat in the tip jar. I'm not saying tank, but should we put our second and third string guys into evaluate, develop them more accurately for next year? You know what? I'm just going to say this. I say what you do is you play to win every week. But if you have a guy that you don't think is going to be around next year and you want to evaluate talent, you put some talent in there. But you don't do it to the extent where you're trotting out a uh, Pittsburgh Pirate lineup with guys that uh, were in AAA all season. I'm saying that you don't do that. Am, am I off base here, guys? Tony? Well, I think you have to... You have to play who you think your, your best young players are. They don't necessarily have to be second and third stringers. I mean, you don't have to find out about your backups. You just have to find out about the guys that you, that you feel uh, you want to take with you into the future, you know, and if, you know, so I don't, I don't necessarily think you have to uh, put second and third stringers in there. Not, not if you don't feel like they, they, they have anything to offer for you for the future. Absolutely. Shannon. A rebuilding team needs to play young talent. Uh, especially if you have guys like Devin Bush, Terrell Edmonds, different people that might not be coming back next year, might not be getting a contract. Uh, you play some younger guys who could be part of the rebuild because everything's pushed into the future. You do try to win every week, but they need the player development, especially young talent. And one of the ways to do that is you don't have to start them, but give them a few reps, see what how they handle it, the big leagues. And then that'll give you a better idea of what you need to look at in free agency in the draft. All right. So let's go ahead and get on out of here. It has been a raucous time, a very good chat. You know, we are not, you know, we are not thinking that this is going to be a complete turnaround, but this team could get themselves ready for 2023 with improvement and a showing and it's how they play on the field, like Shannon says, that definitely matters. And I'm looking for these next nine games. I don't care if they go six and three and three and six. If the lever, if you're pointing up, that's all that matters. I do want to say one last thing. The Chicago Bears are now public enemy number one right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you even though I thought they were dumb for trading a second round pick for chase Omar Khan, I think you're brilliant. And I will continue to say that. I I don't care what anybody says. You've got to root against the Chicago bears. If I know they're not playing, I I know they're, they played the Patriots a few weeks ago. If they're playing the Patriots, if they were playing the Patriots next week, I'd be rooting for the Patriots. (laughs) I would be rooting for the Ravens. If the Ravens were playing them, you, you want to see that pick go down. And there's a there's a good possibility for them to lose a lot of games going for, and you get a very good number two pick there. 
So I think that's fantastic. There's a lot of things you could do with that number two pick, but I want to caution you. The last time that they had three picks in the top 34, only one of them were, were any good. Number 34 is Cornell Lake. Yeah. 1989. The other two, <laughs> not even going to bring them up right now. <laughs> Brought them up way too much this week. Good dudes, I'm sure, but not great football players for this team. So thank you so much, everybody. It was great hanging out with you. We are going to be back next week, and we are going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what fork in the road the Steelers decided to take. For Tony Defio, for Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Just when you think you've got all of the answers. We keep changing the questions. Shannon, do you have something to say? He's not the best color man in the world for nothing, folks. We'll see you next week. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Let me end this. That was just way too good.